back to another episode of Nurse Coffee Talk. Hello, I'm hello, Gina Baker. hello. I'm Sarah Matthews. Hello, everybody. Um, well, we have been getting a ton of feedback from you guys, and we so appreciate it. So keep it rolling in. It's amazing. We love it. I know. We love your support. Thank you so much for um, appreciating what we're doing. Uh, this has been something that we've been brewing for a little while. Uh, and we're just, we're so happy to finally be moving forward with it. So thank you for all the great feedback. Um, thank you for your concerns and your topics and everything like that. And that brings me to, um, Sarah, I got an email from a listener and interestingly enough, this was on our list of topics at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. uh, that we wanted to talk about and we didn't broach the subject because there's some legal ramifications uh, around this particular topic and we also were like do we really want to blow the lid off this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, we went we went back and forth and back and forth um, so I want to read you the email because obviously it's not just on our mind it's on other people's minds too so um, I'm glad that a listener brought it up because I know that you guys care about it and you're wanting to talk about it too so we will jump right in with the email Um, it says, dear Jamie and Sarah, I have an issue that's been on my mind and I'm hoping you can help talk me through it. I am a new RN less than one year in the field in an ICU residency program. I have seen and been asked to witness for a quote nursing dose. Are you familiar with this? And what are your thoughts? Thanks for your help. M. Oh, and by the way, we, d- we don't give out people's names, so we'll just give first initial. Uh, so, could be boy, could be girl, you'll never know. Let's talk about it. Nursing dose. Um, do you want me to start? You want to start? Well. I'll start. You start. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts, but I want to... I, I have a lot of thoughts, too. And honestly, this is a situation where... Like, I feel really conflicted about it because um, I'm going to preface this by saying that because of legal ramifications, neither Sarah nor I can confirm or deny whether we have ever been a part of something like this. Um, But I will say, so I've been a nurse for a while, and this was something that... um, I've known about for pretty much my entire nursing career. Mm -hmm. So it didn't take long before these situations presented themselves. And let's, let's back up and define, because maybe this is not something that goes on everywhere. Maybe this is only in certain places. Um, So let's define what a nursing dose is. So a nursing dose is essentially when a provider gives an order for a Um, typically a narcotic medication uh, for various reasons, whether it be pain control, agitation, alcohol withdrawal, things like that. And a physician provides an order and the nurse makes the decision to give a larger dose. uh, Well, I I suppose you could give a lesser dose. Uh, (laughs) I've never, I've never seen it go that way. My nurse dose is that I'm going to give a quarter of what was ordered and I'm going to pocket the rest so that I can divert this medication. Well, that's, maybe maybe that's that's that's, that's just straight diversion. That's a whole other conversation. But, um, but so a nurse chooses to give a larger dose than is ordered by the physician and in return 
needs another nurse to falsify a witness of the narcotic medication. So, I mean, there's so many things just from a legal point of view that are just completely wrong with this. I mean, first and foremost, you have a nurse completely disregarding the order of the physician and thereby practicing medicine. Then you have a nurse requesting another nurse to falsify documentation of a narcotic waste, which is essentially a uh, something that you can lose your license for. Um, but though, and those sound like really serious allegations, and they are because it's it's fraught with fraud, and mm, say that five times fast. Ill- Fraught with fraud. Fraught with fraud. I can't. Uh, um, but I mean, I, I mean, it's it's so illegal and it's so against our licensure. But I'm not going to lie. Like, this is a practice that I know for a fact has gone on since the time I've been a nurse. And oh, and, and I'm many sh- moons sure was, before. I'm sure it wasn't invented on the day I graduated. So, sure. um, So what are my thoughts on it? I think there's a lot of reasons why people do this and the I I personally believe the biggest reason that people do it is because they're trying to do the right thing for the patient. I agree with that. I think I think the nurses that do this are well-intentioned. I don't think anyone is trying I don't think anybody's looking at this at what it really is, which is if you got caught doing this, you would 100% lose your license. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think people think of it as like they're trying to do what's right. So, for example, you have in the ER, you have um, an agitated patient. And I've seen situations. So a common practice for those of you who don't work in the ER um, is to administer what's called a B52, which is 50 milligrams of Benadryl, five milligrams of Haldol, and two milligrams of Ativan. And you draw it up in a syringe and you oh, inject it IM. Fuck and, you up. <laughs> well, you would think sometimes, not always. <laughs> well, that Haldol—that's um, the wild card in there. Yeah. So, um, but I have seen physicians order like a half B52. So they want 25 of Benadryl, two and a half of Haldol, and one of Ativan. And you've got this patient that's going bananas. Mm -hmm. And the nurse is like, first of all, I'm going to have to get eight security guards just to hold this person down to give them an injection. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not wasting my good injection on a half dose. You know, like this physician, and usually the physicians that order like the smaller doses are physicians that are not confident in their abilities. They're not confident in the medications they're administering. They're new to this type of drug administration. Um, and and they're up against a nurse who's been doing this for 15, 20 years, who, who essentially thinks that he or she knows like this half dose ain't gonna do shit, mm-hmm. right? So... So the nurse makes the judgment to draw up all of it and inject a full B-52. So it's not even just narcotic, okay? They're giving them 50 of Benadryl instead of 25, 5 of Haldol instead of 2.5, but then they still have the 1 milligram of Ativan that they've given, and they now need to fraudulently waste. So, So you have to get, like, a nurse that you trust to 
you know, waste with you and whatever. And most, most nurses will be like, Hey, did you give a nursing dose? Yeah. Okay, cool. Waste, waste. And -hmm. it's just like this thing. And so it's, it really is this unspoken thing that is performed and, oof. Ooh, we're blowing, we're, oh God, I'm sorry for blowing this up, but guys, like, I, I get why nurses are doing it. I understand, but man, I don't want to see you guys lose your license over stuff like this. What are your thoughts? I think that partially people feel comfortable doing it because, quote, everyone does it, unquote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I know for a fact that not everybody does do it. Um, some feel very uncomfortable with it, particularly the waste portion. And that may be mm-hmm. also a, um, different types of unit have units have different cultures, yeah. but, but regardless, even if you're not asking me to waste, um, like a, a, a fraudulent amount, if mm-hmm. you're, but if you're lying about how much you're giving and having me waste like the normal amount, that's still a problem because I'm still saying that like, yes, you have given this amount. Like this is my signature saying that you've given that amount. Like regardless, it's fraudulent whether or not I'm knowingly doing it or not. Right. And the question is always going to come back to, well, why didn't you watch the waste? Right. Which we can do a whole nother section on because Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, I don't always watch the waste. So, and, and honestly, I know a ton of nurses that don't watch waste. And honestly, if I am wasting for somebody that, like, I've worked with and I know and trusted, I don't always watch the waste either. No. I mean, who has time for this shit? Well, exactly. So you're now you're looping in another person into this. Yeah. Um, but then I'm not going to go ahead and say 100% I don't agree with it at times. Because there are times when... It really, really feels like it's the right thing to do. But, yeah. But legally, it's never the right thing to do. So, like, where do you right. find the reality that exists within those two spaces? Well, um, unfor- and, and, unfortunately. Oh, go ahead. I'm, well, I'm unfortunately, the reality is the law. That is the reality. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, getting into, like, the more nitty gritty of, like, well, why, why would you be giving a nurse dose as opposed to communicating with your provider and getting the right dose for your patient. Okay, let me give the, you an example. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so I have seen physicians, and again, I will say that a majority of this comes from inexperienced clinicians. Agreed. Who don't feel comfortable. Ordering they the full feel amount. like well, because they feel like they're going to over-sedate their patient. Okay? Well, especially with, like, a night shift, because we obviously have a more night shift lean. That's sure. when we've practiced the most. So right. that's you when you're interns. really, you're you're really in this, in a night shift world, you're looking at um, experience in the nursing side meets mm-hmm. the by-the-book medicine in the clinician right. side. And yeah. those two things don't always line up. Of right. like, well, we always start with, with one milligram of, you know, Ativan or whatever. And it's like, right. well, I know for a fact that, like, number one, I've had this patient for a week and I know that he needs two. And or, he's a CEO of 24. Or and... exactly. <laughs> or or I've just been doing this long enough and I know that that insert whatever dose is just literally does nothing. Like, I might as well spit in right. their mouth. Like, it's useless. 
Right. <laughs> That's so funny. I used to have a coworker call it a spit in the wind. <laughs> I had... it's like. Well, like, I know like one unit of insulin, I might as well just like shoot it into the air. Are you serious? Right. Uh, yes. One unit. One unit of insulin is enough. Is I okay? Honestly, I've never knowingly, I've never known anybody to increase their dose of insulin. Um, but one unit of insulin is ridiculous. I've Come known on, people to on. not give the one unit because they know that it's not yeah. even going to leave the needle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I've never known anyone who gave more because they know that that's a little trickier. But well, sure. Well, it's just super dangerous. But, yeah, right. Um, of course, you could always just f- fix it with glucose. But that's true. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I know there was a provider at one of my facilities that used to order. Now, sit on your the edge of your chair for this one. Oh, I'm ready. Zero. 0.25 milligrams of Ativan. Now, tell me how you even draw that up. Literally, you wouldn't even be able to pull that thick Ativan out of the vial for that little amount. Right. So, you like, there's... That is a situation where I know people have nursing dose. Yeah. Because it's like 0.25 of Ativan. Like, what am I even doing here? Like, what do you think that's going to accomplish? And why am I going to call you back? I'm just going to call you back in two minutes. Right. And, well, and right. so, and, and so to your point, why is there not the communication with the provider? Because these are providers who were adamant that that's all they were giving. Yeah. They don't listen. You know, and 0.25 milligrams of Ativan is going to do nothing. Literally nothing. If it even makes it into the IV. Right. So, I mean, so, I mean, there, yes, there are circumstances, but, you know, I just, to M, to M who reached out to us about this. Yes, to circle um, back. Yeah, I mean, you're a new grad, you know, you don't have a lot of experience in this, you don't know who you can trust um, on the nursing ward. Well, that's really the overarching point of, like... You even, even close friends, honestly, you don't always know who you can trust. That's, That's true. when you find out later close friend that, you know, someone was diverting and you unknowingly, well, you know, and like that's, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who does a nurse does a diverting. That's insane. Of course, I'm not saying that. But no, 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 no. Um, and I honestly, in my experience, the people that I know that have done, per, been a part of nursing doses were not diverting. It was all patient. It was, it was all for patient. the patient. Yeah. So to M, I mean, my, my big, especially being new, I think that if your gut is telling you that it's something makes you uncomfortable, you need to lean into that. So, okay. But because, because here's why, here's why specifically, if I'm an, if I'm a 20 years in the field nurse up against a six month old resident, we're going to have a different conversation than a six-month-old nurse and a six-month-old resident. Yeah, If you can't back up, even if it's legally wrong, even if it, what, insert, you know, even if you think it's more, someone may think it's morally wrong, whatever, you need to be able to back up every single thing that you're doing as a a nurse and your reasoning for it. I didn't give this Mm -hmm. medication because of X. I did give this medication because of Y. I gave extra of this medication because of Z. And if you can't do that because you're just too new in your practice and it just comes with time, then Mm -hmm. you just need to set up an appropriate boundary. Yeah. 
And it okay. kind of gets you, it's like a, it, it gets you out of stuff then. Then you don't even have to be privy to it. Yeah, but I don't think that's a reality because you're, okay, you're a new grad, okay? So, and she says she's in a residency program, which I, I don't know how her specific residency program works, but the residency programs I have been privy to um, are usually like 12 to 18 month programs where you have like a mentor, Okay. Okay. Is that what you're familiar with? Or? Um, I know the I've known the ones where you don't necessarily have a mentor, but you float from place to place to try out all the different ICUs. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's what. Sh- where I don't it's know. like I don't know what you do three months in the NICU, you do three months in the SICU, and like I think you'd have a different um, gotcha preceptor that whole like each okay. time you went somewhere new. So who who knows? Could she yeah? Could be I anywhere. don't I don't know what her residency program is, but. Okay, so let's let's say hypothetically it's the residency program that I'm familiar with where you have a mentor for 12 to 18 months. So you're a new grad, okay, and you have a situation where you don't feel the dose ordered by the physician is, appro- is appropriate. Maybe you've had a conversation with the physician. Maybe you haven't. Um, let's, let's go down the right path. Let's say we have had a conversation with the physician. Physician refuses to change the order. Mm-hmm. So your mentor, who's been doing this a lot longer than you, mm-hmm. decides he or she wants to perform a nursing dose and mm-hmm. increase the amount given to the given to the patient. And you are the mentee, right? You're the preceptee. So are you not overcome with peer pressure at this point to oh, totally. do something that you maybe don't feel comfortable with? Yeah, you're right. And you can't really speak up about it because if you speak up about it, the person's going to know exactly who's yeah. who's the whistleblower. I mean, you are a little bit more protected in that scenario. As, I mean, not to say that you shouldn't stand on your own laurels and your practice should, should it, it does stand independently. So like you're still at risk, but there is an element of like, my preceptor literally showed me to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean... If I came, if somebody said that to me and I was a manager, I would be like, so your preceptor showed you to fraudulently waste narcotics in the Pixis or the Omnicell or whatever machine you're using? Like, I mean, you can't, you don't have a defense against that. Yeah. I mean, you just don't. And so, you know, this whole, this whole thing, like, I understand that there is this culture that exists out there. I have been aware of it. Um, I have never reported it. Maybe it's contributory to to bullying culture in its own way. uh, Do you think so, really, though? I mean, if my preceptor wants to do this. Now, I would say it's unintentional and maybe not with malicious intent, but... If my preceptor is like, no, we're doing this and you're going to be my co-signer and like to and putting me in a position of like, this is extremely uncomfortable and I don't see the right answer in this scenario. I. okay, I hear what you're saying. I would venture a guess that no preceptor is going, we're going to do this and you're going to witness it. You know, I would think it would be more of like a um, a situation where like. 
the preceptee is observing the experienced nurse perform a nursing dose and witness with somebody else who's mm. been on I the I don't unit. know. I guess it could happen either way. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely all, like, I definitely, when I was being precepted, was told by various nurses, okay, so we're supposed to do it like this, but here's how we really do it. And then in turn, mm-hmm. when I was precepting people, I absolutely did similar things. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's about everything. <laughs> But I think, like, I mean, ultimately it comes down to, like, I mean, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't know what I think. <laughs> I have so many feelings it's about a it. tough, It's a tough conversation because, I mean, at the heart of it, the correct answer is it's illegal, it's fraudulent, it's against nursing practice, it's against your licensure, and you absolutely should not do it. Like, that is the bottom right. line and, like, from maybe a legal if, perspective. If we had to but have a not... hard conversation with a physician every single time this came up, it would bring up greater issues that are happening within the healthcare dynamic that could right. then be addressed. It's like, okay, I'm having to escalate to your fellow every single night. He's pissed. He or she is pissed about having to be woken up to talk about Ativan again. Right. Like, let's talk about it. And then we're teaching the physician something who's ordering it in -hmm. a good way, like in a positive way of like, here's how we can manage these patients better. As opposed Mm -hmm. to, yes, you ordered 0.25 of Ativan and it worked great. He slept like a baby. He's totally fine. Except really he got a full, a full milligram of it. Right. Yeah. So then you're, you're tricking the team into thinking that this is an appropriate dose for this patient. And that has longer term issues, certainly. Yeah, you're right about that. You are not wrong. It's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky topic. And, uh, but I also understand the reality. Yeah. Especially when I'm having an emergency with a patient and I need to address this right now. Well, and, and I mean, that's why, that's why I bring up, you know, the ER situation with the B-52 because I feel like that is a pretty reality-based situation. And I'm putting a patient um, at risk by having to tackle him to the ground in order to hop on his body and do this. Right. Well, and it's an emergent situation where it's, you don't really have time to be like, a doc, your orders are idiotic. Right. Right. Agreed. Uh, Absolutely Like you're, you are praying to the wrong God over here because what you're ordering isn't going to work. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's cases that can be made for, I guess, understanding why a nurse would feel it's appropriate to overrule a physician's orders. There's obviously no court of law that would see it that way. And there's no (laughs) nursing board that would see it that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure there's no physician board that would see it that way. Um, but the, at the end of the day, it happens. Um, I can, I've worked at, uh, several institutions and I have seen it happen at every single one of them. Yeah. So I'd be surprised uh, to hear if someone said like, I have never once seen this happen. That would be interesting. Everybody give us your feedback. I know we ask for this every every session, but it's really important because we do really want you guys driving these conversations and we care about what your thoughts are. Let us know, like, what, if, if you are like, this is an unacceptable practice where I work, let's talk about that culture where you work because, uh, that's probably what we should be supporting. And I mean, in the interest of saving licensures across the country, um, you know, we probably should be working towards not doing this, but I mean, there, 
I would venture to guess that there is a world of peer pressure put on a nurse when he or she is at that machine next to a friend that is a coworker asking them to falsely witness a waste because he or she gave a nursing dose. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many people would have the balls to be like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Not many, especially to a, to a good friend. Yeah, well, that's, and that's the thing. Is because you're inherently you, I mean, then saying, I, I don't feel comfortable with that because I don't trust you. Right. So, and it's not fair of your friend to put you in that situation either if you're not comfortable with it, but, but that's what's are, happening. They're putting you in that position because you've done it back. So look at yourself. <laughs> the man in the mirror. <laughs> Just asking him to change his ways. Oh, man. Bringing out some Michael. <laughs> All so, right. Yeah, Let us I don't know, know, everyone. You don't have to tell us if you've given a nursing dose, because we know that you have. So that's all right. That well, goes without saying. Even, even if you gave a nursing dose, it doesn't matter because we don't use your name or where you're from. So you can tell us, yes, you've, yes I've done it. Um, and Or you can tell us no, or you can tell us... How it made you feel when you were asked or if you've asked people and yeah, give us your feedback. We'd love, we'd really love to hear about it. Yeah. Let us so, know. Um, and honestly, we have a little bit more time today, um, but I don't feel like, do you want to drag this out? I don't feel like we need to drag this out. No, I think we said what needs to be said. Okay. Do you, do you have any funny nursing stories you want to end with or anything? Oh, golly. I don't know, I'm like putting you on the spot there. It really is. Gosh. I know. Sorry. We're... This was not a funny topic. Everyone you... who's ever done something funny in front of me is screaming right now because they know that they, they deserve to be on this podcast. That's so funny. Okay. No, I do have, uh, I do have a good story. Um, okay, good. All right. We'll end so, with a funny story. Um, and this is when... This is not a nursing dose. This was... Um, a medication that was administered too quickly. Oh, was it dexamethasone? Maybe. I don't fully remember, to be honest Decadron? It was a patient who, he had, he was in an accident and he had broken a ton of his ribs. And mm-hmm. when his muscles were spasming, the way that they do sometimes, of course, when you've broken something, is he wasn't able to breathe. Because his okay. intercostals were seizing up with oh, the spasm God. and he couldn't that breathe. terrible. It was awful. Watching him was agony. And so my friend, I can't remember which muscle relaxant it was. Um, but she slipped and it kind of went whoosh, as oh, opposed boy. to a nice slow <laughs> diluted oh, version. Oh, and yikes. we talk about this all the time. He was going... As he was panting and couldn't breathe, couldn't breathe. He was going, "Help! Help! 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 Help!" <laughs> and we're sitting outside the nurse's station, and we hear her go, "Stay with me!" Oh no! <laughs> and we, my friend, whipped his little head, and he's like, "Do you need some help? Like, what's going on in here?" Oh my god! 
And luckily it was short daddy enough that he came back in full swing, kind of like took a big gasping breath and he was all right. That could have gone in so many different directions. But we, this date, this was years ago. We still talk about that all the time. It was, I mean, sorry, sir. He's all right. It was literally so funny, though. That is hilarious. It was so funny. And so she was like, whoops, took a little slip. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so (laughs) funny. So um, I, in the ERs, have to give Decadron a lot. And it's a steroid. And we usually give it you know, IV, if the person's got an IV. And I don't know. I, I gave Decadron for years and I had no idea of this side effect. Um, and I purposely give it really slow now because I've learned. Um, but if you give Decadron too quickly, particularly in women, it makes them feel like they have a prickly vagina. I know. I'm not joking. And nobody, this is not in your side effect manual or anything like that. Um, it's not the Merck just, manual? Prickly vagina. No. I know. Prickly. But that's the best way to describe it as prickly vagina. So whenever I have to give Decadron to a patient, a female patient in particular, I always let them know. I say, listen, this is going to sound really weird. I'm going to push this medicine slowly so you don't experience this. But just in case you might feel like your vagina is really prickly for about 90 seconds. And <laughs> it's almost like when your foot's asleep, but like inside your vagina. It's yeah. But it's like a, it's like a burning prickly. Ugh. And it's so funny because I get older ladies that are like, Ooh, Ooh whoa. I'm like, no, no, I do not want to know. <laughs> it's you're the most action I've had done there in ages. Oh my God. I know you've awakened to the senses. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so uh, from here on out, make sure you educate your female patients on prickly vagina when administering Decatron. Push it slowly unless you want to freak them out and then, you know, push it at a normal pace. Um, <laughs> but you didn't hear that from me. So, all right. I, <laughs> I think we'll end on those happy notes of prickly vaginas and, uh, and apparently you've got an ambulance in the background. I do. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No worries. All right. Well, you guys have a beautiful week, and we can't wait to chat with you again next week. Again, give us all your feedback. Hit us up at nursecoffeetalk at gmail.com or at nursecoffee on Insta. We love you all. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for loving us. And keep the info coming. Bye. Bye. Bye.